I'm John Miglosh. I had a great week this week. I uh, A couple of printers, members of the WDMA, have in, in, engaged me to look t- to meet with prospective clients and talk about testing and talk about how we can figure out what's really working for you, which has been, of course, my theme for maybe 40 years. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I would encourage you, if you're in print sales, uh, in one case, it was one print salesman who really wanted to get in touch. In another case, it was a, the owner of a printing company. And um, I love doing it. We work it out, get a good deal on it. Um, but it's really been fun. It's been fun to get back in and write some copy and build some offers and, you know, find some lists. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, if you're looking for help with your with your direct marketing, direct mail sales, I can tell you that it res- really resonates with the, with the clients. And if you sell it with the results in mind, with the ROI in mind, and you say, we can show you how the IRI, ROI works, we can show you the incremental lift of mail. If you sell it that way, then when they don't want to share the results or something like that, and I ranted about that, I think, on Wednesday, uh, if they don't want, you know, then you say, well, remember, remember when we started, this is what we were going to do for you. We're not just a printing company. We're going to help you see what's working and spend your money more effectively. That's a powerful sell, but it's also an underlying foundation that you lay to work with your clients in a in a much different way than you're used to in selling printing. And so I encourage you to get in touch. Uh, my number's down below, uh, w, john at wdmia.org. Really easy to find me. And uh, and thanks for watching. But here we go. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna boots the boots Christmas ad was fairly long. And it's hard to kind of follow, so I'm actually going to show you the making of instead, which shows you most of the commercial and also gives you what's going on in it. And so I won't have to say as much. So here we go. The filming of Thank You, Santa. This is a story about a mum and daughter who have just been doing their Christmas shopping at Boots. Our daughter sees a puppet of Santa Claus, and that puts the question... Who gives presents to Santa? Who gives presents to Santa? Nobody. I'm leaving. From there, they set off on this epic trip to the North Pole to deliver Santa Claus a present for Christmas. Lots of challenges and getting to the North Pole. helps us on our journey, we give them a present from Boots. So we fell in love with the Give Joy story quite easily because it's a family story, it's a story about hope, it's a story about giving joy, which is what we're all about in Boots. Affordable, amazing gifts that bring a smile to people and bring light into their lives. That's exactly what this story is about. We chose the gifts in our ad this year because we really wanted to demonstrate that regardless of your budget, we've got something for everybody to give back to the givers in your lives. I really hope when people see this, they're going to fall in love with our lead characters, but also the story, a genuine, heartfelt story about giving joy at this special time of year. I play the daughter, and my favourite day was the day in the snow where I got to play with the Huskies. This is the mom dropping it down the chimney. 
Yes, I'm gonna get there somehow. Drop Santa's gift down in his flight knees. socks. If I don't get there tomorrow, I know your dad will like it. Well, for me, please. <laughs> Give joy. There you go. And, uh, you know, the next thing coming up is Perfect Eye Makeup. Boots has a lot of posts on YouTube. I thought they were funny. How to get perfect puffy lips, exact, for example. I thought, man, I should watch that. I wonder what that would mean. <laughs> anyway, we'll go right on. <laughs> I promise to go right on because, you know, that's the way it is. Anyway, Amazon cuts referral fees for apparel merchants. Okay, this was, I think this is big news, and the reason it's big news is <clears throat> that uh, Amazon is slashing its merchant fees for clothing vendors in an attempt to compete with Chinese fast, I was going to say fast food, <laughs> with fast food Chinese retailer site Shine, S-H-E-I-N, which I have never visited. Maybe I should go there. Uh, I like eBay myself. But anyway, they are planning an IPO for 2024. And um, the online giant announced Tuesday that referral fees for items priced under $15 will drop from 17% to 5%. That's, wow. (laughs) That's a 60, it's a 70% drop. And items from 15 to 20 will drop from 17 to 10, which is about a 30% drop. Anyway, referral fees for other items won't change and return fees won't change and whatever. But Amazon, total retail's take on it, and this is from Joe Keenan, total retail's take on it is that in an attempt to better compete with emerging players, I think that's fascinating in itself. You know, how could anybody compete with Amazon, right? Um, uh, it's, so that's the main the main emphasis, right? Uh, retail sellers, uh, oh, Amazon is trying to make its marketplace more attractive to apparel sellers. Amazon is seeking to grow the market share in apparel, which traditionally has not been one of its core categories. In fact, last month, Amazon shuttered its two Amazon-style brick-and-mortar stores. They're giving up on that, or at least re- revamping it making its penetration in the online space for the category much more important. Okay, well, and you'll have to decide if if the positives of selling on Amazon's platform, you know, my kids say, I bought it on Amazon. They don't say I bought it from, you know, Vermont Teddy Bear or something. Uh, outweigh its negatives, lack of brand control, loss of first-party data. Paying less fees is a step in the right direction for sellers. I think... You know, retail kind of waves, you know, kind of waves on the really having the real data of customer customer buying. Um, so that wouldn't be a big price to pay for a lot of retail merchants. Just getting to, getting the sale is, you know, life and death for them. This was an interesting article by Chris Sutcliffe at Marketing Week. Environmental messages do not impact ad effectiveness. And it's a fairly long article, very detailed. And... Um, System One was involved with some of their research. They interviewed uh, or they surveyed a thousand people in the UK, and Richard Shotton uh, managed the the survey of these thousand people. Um, only eight percent of ads included an environmental message. Not very much, considering how much 
the, the marketing and the advertising world keeps pounding on us that we should be speaking out more effectively. Um, even though 80% of UK adults express concern about climate change, but um, Judith Curry wrote me twice. You know, one was a smiley face. I, I admit we're not like close friends. <laughs> but, hey, you know, I really appreciate her work. Uh, and I got called a liar twice <laughs> trying to explain the uh, hide the decline graph which I think I did an excellent job of but you know some people are not very persuadable in this in this religion anyway um, so the, the bottom line on this I'm gonna try and get to the bottom line the best way to make an appealing environmental ad this is great is to concentrate on making an appealing ad in the uh, first and foremost <laughs> And let's see who that was from. I don't like when they put quotes around it. Um, that could have been from John Evans. Here uh, he is. Effective environmental narratives in advertising play a vital role in inspiring long-term change. Yes, but I just don't think that's the biggest uh, crisis facing the world today. Not with the wars and rumors of wars and... And I read yesterday, maybe a hoax, but 13... 13 countries promised to stop farming, to stop global warming. It's like, what? You know, if you starve to death, it's a lot quicker of an end to civilization than is a little bit warmer weather, especially here in Wisconsin. Beautiful day today, almost 50 degrees. Um, just beautiful. I was on my motorcycle this morning. So, you know, we've always been rooting for it, I have to say. Anyway, let's get over to the final story. Excellent story. Um... Our, our Donley uh, survey, marketing marketers turning to proven channels and strategies. This is amazing because it it, it almost feels like, in spite of the, <laughs> in spite of the fact that very few of you actually watch to this point. I always try to put the best stuff at the at the end, uh, uh, and those who do watch usually say good stuff at the end. Um, but a recent study, another study, uh, Friday is study day. Um, revealed that the the marketers concentrating on return on investment more than doubled. 38% compared to 15% last year who said this was the most important. Found that un economic certainty, increased privacy concerns, and customer fatigue toward digital strategies are driving the resurgence of tried and true marketing channels, most notably direct mail. Okay, so 1,000 consumers and a uh, lot of good stuff in here. Al DuPont, Chief chief Commercial Officer at RRD. What's a Chief Commercial Officer? Are you in charge of the TV spots? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> Never heard that one before. CCO. Um, results from our latest report show that marketers pairing their most reliable channels with positioning that blends convenience and savings uh, stand the best chance of fostering customer loyalty. Okay, shoppers are more careful these days. Uh, consumers grow tired of digital communications and direct mail reasserts its presence. Of course, it never went away. But uh, what I was shocked by was that uh, consumers say they're overwhelmed by digital. 69% say they're overwhelmed by email and 61% overwhelmed by social media. 
uh, and 56% of consumers are uncomfortable with disclosing their personal information, you know, their browser history and all that. I always, when I, when I do peek into Amazon, uh, just some tips here, I always do so in a private browser so that they don't have the ability to po put cookies on my, on my, uh, and that's a first party cookie. And they can put cookies on, my understanding is they can put cookies on my, on my browser and then follow me around. Um, and the Google Sandbox kind of works like that. It's kind of based on first-party cookies instead of third-party cookies. And third-party cookies just arose because people didn't know how to follow each other around. And so Akamai and others came up with this technology to follow everybody around. But nowadays, first-party cookies can do the whole job for you, and that's what Google is building. Um, so, But I thought this was really interesting. 93% of marketers report that grow, report growing concerns they've influenced their digital strategy 75 percent 75 percent i don't know why they didn't put a number there it'd be easier to highlight report reallocating some of their marketing budget into direct mail <coughs> excuse me i still got a little bit of that tickle Direct mail offers marketers a means to connect with, cons with customers and prospective customers in a way that feels intimate without feeling evas invasive said Stephanie Cortez, uh, Director of Strategic Analysis in Direct Marketing. I'd love to meet you, Stephanie. I'll reach out and try to connect. This tried-and-true marketing channel serves as a personal and tangible method that continually, continuously proves to perform over time. Absolutely right. And there's ways to find its performance, holdout tests, incremental lift, ROI, EBITDA ROI, that the other channels just don't have. Okay, and it also is the key platform for uh, for machine learning and AI because it gives you the engaged non-buyer, which I explain almost every day, so I'm not going to today. Younger generations said they were mo they were most interested in receiving direct mail. 61% of those aged 18 to 26 agreeing with this sentiment. People said they liked having a physical copy. You know, you get more pass-along. We talked about that the last few days. It's easier to remember than email, and especially if you want to take action on it. And it's fun to open. And I like that one especially. I have a mailing piece down here to my right. I should show you. It was really interesting. It was a fundraiser from St. Jacobus. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the open copy. And it's a fairly typical, it's a fairly typical, we can probably, that's probably enough of that. Um, I'll put the, the thing in the show notes. It's a fairly uh, normal holiday mailer, you know, lots of Christmas and stuff, and it tells you a little bit about them, and it's got a tear-off response. No, the response device is over here. It's got a separate response device. There you go. Okay. Um, doesn't re recapitulate the offer. I think they they could do better on these parts, but I opened it because it seemed like it had a credit card or something in it. It had a puffy envelope, and that was this thing. And it says, a unique place in nature to visit on one side, and it says, home, faith, community, service, and hospitality. What is it? I thought, what is this? Look at this. Talk about fun to open. I thought this was ducky. You know, I've never seen this before. Look at this. It's a map. Oops, it's a it's got benefits and stuff. I think I got upside down for you. It's 
got benefits and summary. This is really a first-class brochure. They could knock that other one right out of there. And on this side, it's a little map of St. Yakovos. If you've ever been to St. Yakovos, it brings back memories of the beautiful lake that it's on and all the facilities. My kids got engaged. My, my son-in-law proposed at St. Yakovos and invited all the family. We must have had about 40 people show up for that. So big happy memories. We had a little betrothal ceremony. The Orthodox Church does that. And so anyway, excellent. So I got to call St. Yakovos and find out who printed this. Because if you know who printed it, this little unfolding brochure that looks kind of like a credit card and makes the envelope puffy, very effective in making it fun to open. And so, you know, I'll feature your stuff if you, if you care. So anyway, marketers, oh, this was interesting. Marketers are pr pr prioritizing sustainability, but it turns out 99% agreed that they should worry about sustainability practices. Marketers said that. But consumers, no, not so much. <laughs> Gen Z, 66% of consumers were not nearly as likely as millennials, 80%, to weigh a brand's sustainability practices when making a purchasing decision. What they cared about was value of products, reputation, and treating employees fairly. Isn't that interesting? Way more than, the Gen Z's at least, way more than sustainability. And there's a little summary at the bottom where they, uh, the, I think I'm going to upload the report itself, but it has a lot of like JavaScript dynamic moving things so you can't PDF it. And I think that's a shame. They should have a PDF uh, available if you're going to mess around with all this animation, which no one cares about. Anyway, have a great day. Repost. Thank you for watching, uh, and give me a call. You know, it's not painful. I'll talk for 15 minutes to anybody. So just write me on LinkedIn. That's where it's more likely to get me than on email because I just don't read most of my emails.